Good evening and welcome to episode 123 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining us on this special evening as it is Arkansas Derby Weekend coming up this Saturday as we have a very special guest to chop up the late pick five and talk about many things horse racing Oakland, Oakland Park and also his own uh, personal racing syndicate. Please make sure you subscribe the bottom right-hand corner there. Make sure you subscribe. If you've not done that yet, please make sure you do that. We have a lot of people watching, but some of you have not subscribed. Smash that subscribe button. Also hit the notification bell right next to it so you know when new content will arise. And also please hit that thumbs up button. That'll tell YouTube that we have some great content on this channel. Of course, you see on my name tag, you can uh, reach me through Twitter, at hkravitz. And then the bottom of the screen, there's a scroll where you can see my email address, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Also on the bottom of the screen, you will see our next show tomorrow night. Very excited to have back for the second time from Trip Note Pros, Justin Christine will be here to talk about Florida Derby Day also this Saturday. We'll chop up the late pick five. That'll be tomorrow, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, with Justin Christine from Trip Note Pros to talk about some special uh, late pick five horses that he's had his eyes on and watching many uh, trips uh, and videos, etc. It's going to be a great show. 8 o'clock tomorrow as well on Thursday. Also, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, we started this last week. It was a huge success. We're going to be live this Saturday right here on the HHH Racing Podcast YouTube channel from 6 to 7.45 Eastern Standard Time. We're going to cover four races live, including the Arkansas Derby and the Florida Derby with detailed analysis, handicapping, replays, uh, horizontal and vertical selections as well. You do not want to miss it again this Saturday. Just turn the turn the TV on, but have the volume down, and then have us on your computer, laptop, uh, whatever it might be, iPad, and watch uh, as we talk about these races live in real time, 6 to 7.45 Eastern Standard Time this Saturday. A few other quick items. You can follow me and watch me, sorry, listen, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Please make sure you subscribe. Also have a lot of promotions down below the video player. As you know, just look down below the video player on my YouTube channel and click show more and you will see information such as the promo with BetUS where you can receive 125% of free bets. Read the promo below the video player. Also, I have a podcast pool going as well. Again, information below the video player and a very popular race day blog which I sent out on Saturdays. It's very inexpensive. Gave out Crown Pride on my race day blog last week at 16 to 1 in the UAE Derby. I know I cashed. A lot of you also cashed on Crown Pride, who, by the way, is coming uh, to the Kentucky Derby, according to the Japanese Connection. So that's very exciting. Uh, last item, and then we'll bring on our guest. Um, I haven't talked about this recently. I'm not even sure our guest knows this. Todd Shrupp has invited me on his show live on TVG. I will be live Sunday, April 24th on the TVG desk at Keeneland. 
Uh, perhaps our guest might be there that weekend because there's a big live money contest that I'm sure he knows about. I don't know if he's going to be there or not, but he might be participating in it. <clears throat> Again, I'll be live on TVG on Sunday, April 24th. Really excited about that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about. Let's bring in our guest. Uh, this gentleman is a managing partner uh, along with uh, Clay Sanders uh, of 10 Strike Racing. He's also a professor. He's a doctor. I don't know if we should call him uh, uh, Dr. Graham. I we'll see. Uh, didn't have class today. I'm sure he'll tell us why. But he's an associate professor of economics as well at Rhodes College. He wears many hats. He's a fantastic contest player, all-around great guy. Very happy to have on for the first time the HHH Racing Podcast. Mr. Marshall Graham. There he is. Marshall, how are you doing in Memphis tonight? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. A bit of a uh, we had a uh, um, tornado warnings, a large uh, rainstorm that actually canceled classes. I don't know whether uh, we've all gotten soft. Maybe this generation is soft, but I don't ever remember can- classes getting canceled for um, for rainstorms. So, uh, so I was supposed to teach it two this afternoon. I didn't, and I'm actually coming to you from my office because my power, uh, like it always does, when any any time there's any sort of threat of anything, my power went out. So uh, I hustled my way back to back to school, and uh, I'm happy to be on here to talk uh, Arkansas Derby and Oakland Park. Uh, I love Oakland Park. I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, which is about a two and a half hour, three hour drive from Oakland. I consider it my home track. Uh, a lot of our horses race there. Uh, my partner Clay Sanders is from uh, Arkansas. Uh, uh, again, he and I are the founding partners of Ten Strike Racing. A lot of our partners are from Arkansas, so we consider it home and. Uh, we, uh, you know, it used to have a day of its own. Uh, Arkansas Derby was the last prep for the uh, um, Kentucky Derby, and uh, yeah. it was the center of attention. I, I'm, I'm not sure that uh, that this has worked out as well, moving up uh, five weeks, going head-to-head with the Florida Derby. I don't think uh, Arkansas is getting as much attention as I would have hoped, but I do think it's a, a pretty nice card. Uh, not Not the best rendition of the Arkansas Derby, but a very competitive rendition. Yeah, we're going to be getting to the races in Arkansas. You spoke of the weather. The weather really in in Arkansas, in your area, has really not been that warm. I think people are still waiting for the spring. It's been unseasonably cold. We haven't had that, like, really warm day in the 80s consistently yet. But it's getting there. And the weather, by the way, looks like it's going to clear out the next few days and be beautiful on Saturdays. They're expecting, I heard, somewhere between 60 and 70,000. And I think Hot Springs, the population is like 30,000. So they're going to be doubling the population of Hot Springs, Arkansas, uh, on uh, Arkansas Derby Day on Saturday. Uh, from one uh, teacher, I guess math teacher, econ, but I know, from one teacher to the next, uh, Prof, what was what was the plan today? What, what did the students miss out on? Or you want well, to save I, that for we, the next time? No, we were, <laughs> we were we were reviewing for an exam. So it was... Oh, uh, okay. There you go. So it, uh, that's something now I can do via Zoom. I'll have a, just a review session on Sunday night. So they will be prepared uh, for uh, an exam on uh, short-run economic fluctuations, uh, Fed, fiscal and monetary policy. A lot of fun stuff. Fun stuff wow. certainly now, uh, uh, you know, now with uh, all, the, the, all the exciting stuff going on. So, so yeah, exam on Monday. I've actually been grading a stack of exams. Um, I teach... The Economics of Racetrack Wagering Markets, which is uh, basically a course on horse racing. And uh, I have uh, 80 something, 80 plus students enrolled. I had quite a few drops come exam time. Uh, I had uh, four students dropped during the exam. So uh, they, they weren't quite prepared that, hey, we're going to do some real stuff in here. So, uh, but I'm <laughs> grading their exams. Um, 
seeing how they did at making speed figures, uh, um, calculating pool totals, and uh, handicapping races. Man, that uh, that sounds like so much fun. I as uh, a 25 years, my 25th year teaching high school math. Uh, can't really teach the gambling part of it. Doesn't go over over real well in the public high school situation. But uh, certainly, we talk about statistics a little bit as well. And and obviously, I'm a huge fan of, of numbers and and everything math related when it comes to the horse racing game. So we can get a little bit of that also. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up. Uh, let's let's talk a little about ten strike racing. Uh, got got throw the purple out there if you're not familiar with ten strike. Racing everyone, their, their, their main colors. And by the way, if you have any questions at all uh, for Marshall Graham, of course, we have a live chat going on on the top right-hand side of the screen. We all have had some people chime in. We have a lot of people watching. So please make sure. Any questions for Marshall Graham, mm-hmm. please type that into the chat, and I'll show as many questions as possible. Uh, Marshall, I'm also going to bring up right now uh, the webpage. I think it's a fantastic webpage. And we don't have too much time to talk about, but let's quickly just talk about a few things about 10 strike racing. And if you want me to point to something on the webpage, which by the way, I think is fantastic. Let me know. Let's talk about your current runners. I, most people know about warriors charge it was a little bit disappointing. I would assume uh, you felt like in the connections finished fifth in the Essex, but what a, what a warrior pun intended this horse has been uh, for your stable. Yeah, he's been terrific for us. Um, uh, you know, he uh, he brought us to the Preakness where he was uh, in the lead turning for home. Uh, he won the Razorback. I think we had 200 people in the winner's circle for the Razorback. So he's been great to our partners. He's earned over a million dollars. Um, and, you know, I mean, his, um, uh, you know, he's still rambling along. Uh, uh, he ran really well in his prep race for this one an allowance race. But uh uh, but he's six years old, and and you know we're all also thinking about what his future might uh, be after racing. Uh, you know we think he'll be a regional stallion. Munnings is hot, but uh, but he's been terrific for us, and uh, um, and has uh, really been exciting for our partners. Uh, another horse that I want to uh, mention that's on your roster, real exciting three-year-old prospect. I'd love to get an update. Uh, Rocket Dog, who was uh, I would assume you guys thought was a little disappointing in his run. I believe in the gun runner this year, but had a, a very exciting maiden race last year. Um, how is this horse doing and what are his plans? Uh, he right now is, uh, uh, he's taking some time off uh, recovering from injuries. Yeah, it's, uh, I hope it's not a trivia question that he was three to five favorite over epicenter in the gun runner <laughs> and, um, and wow. ran six. So, you know, this is, it, it's, it's, it's the, the trials and tribulations of having a two-year-old, three-year-old is, he broke his maiden in outstanding fashion. He got bet down the 20 to one in Vegas for the Kentucky Derby. We were very excited, you know, about him. Brad was very excited at the time. You know, we thought it was Brad's best prospect or Brad thought it was his best prospect. And, you know, in part that says a little bit about Brad's lack of prospects. And then, um, you know, we expected him to run really well and, and, and didn't, uh, you know, was ranked the whole way was ranked uh, for the first quarter mile and never really got into the race. And, you know, has been hurt since, uh, and so uh, we're giving some time off and, and hope he comes back this summer. Uh, yeah, let's hope he comes back healthy because I think he's got some real talent and he was definitely a buzz horse, uh, you know, going to that race and, and really uh, after his uh, debut, I'm sure you guys had a lot of derby fever and uh, knowing your connections and, the and you know, the people that you work with and Liz Crowder and such, you guys will have a derby runner uh, you know, the beat will be very successful soon enough. Any other horses in, in your current roster you'd like to mention uh, to the viewers or listeners that are going to be uh, watching and listening to the show right now? 
Yeah, we have uh, Where She Told Me to Go that won the Not for Love uh, at Stakes at Laurel um, last weekend. Uh, he is, uh, Where She Told Me to Go is uh, with Brittany Trimble Russell and uh, won, won his seventh stakes race for us. So he's found a good niche up in Maryland against Maryland bred, sort of a minor stakes horse. Uh, he's infamously known as the biter who bit fish and fire, who then in turn... Uh, um, yeah, learn that learn the biting habits from him. So he uh, again, he's been a real fun horse um, for for us and for our partners. We uh, have a horse named Seafoam that has won two stakes uh, for Michelle Giangiulio. In fact, Michelle Giangiulio's first win uh, was um, uh, was with was in a stakes race at Saratoga with Seafoam. It was named by Fox Sports as the sort of the eighth best uh, uh, moment of the meet and. Uh, uh, you know, he has a good chance of being named champion older dirt horse uh, uh, for uh, among New York bred. So um, he's been fun. And then, you know, like uh, we have, you know, hopefully some two year old prospects coming along the way. Uh, again, it, is the rocket dog has taught us taught us that you really have to, in, you know, sort of savor the good time, savor the wins, because, you know, r- racing ownership can be a real gut punch. Right. That uh, you can have a. You can be on top of the world with a horse, uh, you know, with Derby dreams, and all of a sudden it comes crashing down in an instant, right? So, um, yeah, let's talk a little about that. I mean, first of all, you you guys use Brad Cox mainly, and I know that you you're involved in two partnerships, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong. And I don't want to get uh, feel free to talk as much detail. You have sort of your own partnership, and then you're part of a bigger. Uh, partnership as well, a, a Colts venture where you've bought a, a part of a venture that's bought some very expensive two-year-olds as, as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so this year coming up, we have our usual ten-strike racing partnership. I think we have we have six horses in that partnership. We have four that we've already that we already have that are um, in training as two-year-olds. Uh, two of them are homebreds. And uh, two of them are sales purchases. And then we will purchase some two-year-olds in training. We'll purchase two two-year-olds in trainings to, to complete that group. And then we're involved in a larger partnership. Ten Strike Racing just owns a sliver of a larger partnership uh, that, uh, that is buying, uh, that has bought, uh, uh, you know, uh, two dozen Colts that, uh, for Brad Cox to hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, take a shot at some real stakes races, to spend some real money. So, um, so we'll see, you know, we'll see what comes out of this, uh, right now with two-year-olds, they're unraced. And so optimism abounds and, and, and so, uh, we'll see how they turn out. Uh, we have, again, we have, uh, we sort of run the gamut in terms of what we do, uh, 10 strike racing. We've raced horses since 2016 and, uh, you know, we have claiming horses. We have, uh, we've bred horses. Uh, we have partnerships we put together that involve yearlings and two-year-olds, and so we've really been involved in every facet of the game. Uh, we have have have, uh, have 445 uh, career winners, over 16 million dollars in purses, and um, you know, use 12 different trainers across the country. There's we're on most circuits, and so I've seen you guys uh, a lot of parks lately. I, I bet you guys at parks uh, yeah, a decent is- amount. So. We have horses at parks right now. We have horses at parks at uh, at Belmont Training, at Laurel, at fairgrounds now that have shipped to Kentucky and at Oakland Park. And you know, again, we consider Oakland our home. We have seven wins there. We're hopefully we'll get to double digits like we have the last two years. I think that's the meet that that we target the most to try to get the uh, purple and black uh, um, silks uh, in the winter circle. But um, but you know, we race throughout the country. We besides Brad Cox. 
We tried to help get younger trainers their start. It's so hard to break in this game. I've already mentioned Michelle Giangiulio, uh, Lindsey Schultz, uh, who uh, is a Dolphin Flying Start uh, graduate and uh, used to work for Tom Proctor and Trim McGahee. She got her first win for us and, and her first win of her career, which is for us at Oakland Park. And so uh, we use a lot of different young and up and coming trainers. Um, Bentley Combs at Oakland, Matt Shire at the fairgrounds, um, like uh, Brittany Russell uh, at Laurel. And um, so, again, it's it's tough to break in this game. Uh, people tend to send the, the horses to the same big trainers. Now, we're guilty, too. We send horses to Brad. But when we started with Brad, he had one barn. And so uh, we were early on with Brad and we're trying to find the next Brad Cox and, you know, think it might be one of the trainers I've mentioned. And and, uh, you know, part of what we do is is uh, help young trainers get out there, get their name out there, build up their business and uh, hopefully get some winners. I think it's great that you give these younger trainers some good stock because, you know, as, as a former uh, coach, I've coached basketball across other sports. I mean, you're only as good as your talent that you have. I mean, so you can't these trainers cannot move up in the, in the game with they don't have any you know talent at all in their, in their barn. So I think it's great that you give, you know, sort of the, the little guy um, a chance to, you know, show what they can do because there are a lot of really talented men and women in the training game. Some that you just mentioned that people don't even really know about on a daily basis only because the guys like, you know, Chad Brown and, and Brad Cox and Pletcher, et cetera, and Baffert, they get all the, you know, attention. Um, is there a two-year-old that you can pinpoint? Uh, I don't know if you they're all named yet. Uh, by the way, I'm a new horse owner. I'm very excited. It happened in December. I own two horses with the Delphi Racing. Uh, one just got moved up to uh, New York. So one's a Street Sense Philly, and I also partially own a Taprit Colt. Uh, that's currently down at Kinsman. It'll be moved up. Uh, eventually at the end of the summer, most likely to uh, Christophe Clement. So I understand a little bit of what it's like to be an owner. It's really exciting. Is there a two-year-old either by name or a breed that you have right now that the partnership's really excited about? Well, I, we have quite a few of them, but I'd say right now the one that I'm most interested in is a horse we have named Looms Boldly. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Hotel. Uh, wow. It, he is a golden sense uh, out of our homebred mares, out of our – uh, see the forest. So he's a homebred. See the forest okay. raced for Clay and I. In fact, see the forest was Clay and I's uh, first winner together. And uh, she's been a good mare to us. She's thrown stakes winner critical value. She uh, she's thrown Whittington Park, uh, who's uh, who got hurt, but won on Travers Day, broke uh, broke his maiden on Travers Day uh, this year um, by uh, five lengths and, and we're excited. He's, he's coming back from injury and we're very excited about him, but, uh, but looms boldly is training really well, very forwardly, uh, very good looking. And, and again, it's a New York bread. And so, oh, wow. uh, you know, maybe we'll have a, maybe we'll have just another, like PTF. another Saratoga winner and uh, just like PTF. Absolutely. Just like, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask this question, but you can, you can, you can certainly not answer it, but I'm assuming PTF has a little piece of this horse or it's just in name only, or you don't in want to name say only, but, uh, but you know, he certainly got rooting interest and uh, uh, fair we, enough, we, we, but you're right. We may have to chop off a Pete, a piece for Pete. Okay. So. That's, that's exciting. Well, good luck to looms boldly. Love the name. Uh, before we get into our famous 10 minutes of post segment and then get into our handicapping, Got a little bit uh, of a surprise, something I want to talk about. So uh, this gentleman, who uh, on the bottom of the screen, uh, Matt Miller, who, as you know, let me, I actually, people don't know Matt, I know you know Matt, let me go ahead and bring him up on the screen out of respect. 
this gentleman right there, Matt, uh, you know him well. He wanted to actually be on the show. I actually invited him to come on just for a minute to sort of surprise you, but he had some family plans tonight. But he did want to send a message. For people who don't know Matt Miller, of course, you see his picture right there. He is the 20 current reigning BCBC champion. And the gentleman I have right down there is the 2020 BCBC champion. Matt wanted uh, a little message. He wanted to uh, make sure everyone in the world knew about live and you could feel free to uh, react. He said um, that you become friends, which is great. And you actually sat together at the NHC mm-hmm. this year. And he said that he hasn't really told you as much as he should, but that without reservation, that he's learned more from you in your interactions than you realize. And you are truly as sharp as they come. So he wanted to let you know that. And the question he had for you was, Based on your year of experience holding the BCBC title, um, does he need to keep paying for dinners with racetrack friends until the next BCBC? Because he's getting worried about how many nights that we're all going to spend together at Saratoga this summer. <laughs> well, so, you know, I won my BCBC in 2020, so I had the benefit of the pandemic, right? And so that limited the number of meals that I had to pay for. Plus, I'm in a in a uh, in a uh, a racing uh, um, I'm in kind of a racing desert in Memphis, Tennessee, and so sure. uh, all that I probably didn't pay for enough dinners uh, <laughs> when it all came right down to it. So no, I I I think uh, I think I think I think Matt's got a got a full season of uh, dinner purchases uh, uh, um, in his. Uh, uh, in his future, especially if he ventures on up to, to Saratoga Springs. I don't know. People start to forget pretty quickly. November starts to be in the rearview mirror uh, pretty quickly. But uh, Well, he yeah. said he said, he said glowing things about you. Enjoy the time that you have. I'm friends with Matt as well. Uh, well, well um, Matt's, Matt's the best, and uh, uh, you know he's, he's too too generous with his compliments. He's what us in the tribe call a mensch. Just a great guy. Uh, really nice to be around. And um, Boy, he knows how to win contests as as well as you do. And I, I've I've had some good scores lately uh, that if people are paying attention, I'm pretty proud of. But uh, haven't had the chance to be a PC BC champion. Who knows if that'll ever happen? But uh, no, you're on you a great know. run, Howard. I've got a I got a what one of our uh, one of our uh, commenters said no mention of Lady Rocket, which which I forgot to talk about. So Lady Rocket, who in partnership with Frank Fletcher, you know, who's probably has our biggest upside right now. Uh, she ran a 107 buyer in the Gopher Wand. Uh, yeah. We have very high hopes for her. We think she might be there. Breeders, we go. Might be Breeders' Cup quality. She will run oh. in the Madison uh, on April 9th, April 9th at Keeneland. Yeah. Um, and we're we're really excited about her. Sky's the limit. Um, Frank Fletcher is a North uh, Little Rock businessman. We're uh, uh, privileged to be partners with him, and uh, we're very excited to uh, uh, run in the stakes race at Keeneland. There you go. There's uh, Diana Sadich chiming in. There we go. We just mentioned it. Uh, Madison, seven furlong, uh, Philly and Mare Sprint, correct? Grade, grade one. Grade I'm, one. Grade one I, I'm assuming um, Sconson might go. Uh, is Bell's the one still active? I think not so. Sure. I think okay, so. So, so no, I'm going to be right? in CC, make, make uh, CC, um, make cut back. So I, you know, okay. I, look, it's, it, there's no doubt That's, it's going to be a strong field and, and, yeah. uh, uh, Brad's going to run his other horse. Um, uh, his other horse, the, his other horse, the, his PA bread that won at Gulfstream. Um, uh, so it, I can't recall the name, but field. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It'll be a competitive field, but we're very excited about her. Um, and, and we think she's going to have a big year. 
No, that's terrific. It's, very, it's all it's all very exciting. Uh, Marshall, you ready for a very quick rapid fire segment that we like to call? Oh, let me bring it up here. Oh, hold on. Got oh I didn't, oh there it is. Here it is. Ten minutes of post. Ten minutes of post. This can be ten rapid fire questions. You can you can take five seconds to answer them. You can take a minute, whatever you'd like to do, and then we're gonna go to the handicapping. Are you ready? Sure. Fire some away. of these are most of these are horse racing, some not meant to be fun. Here we go. What was the first moment you fell in love with horse racing? Uh, as a kid, I was at um, I was staying the weekend with uh, an, a, a grand uncle and aunt of mine. We watched, I think maybe it was the, uh, the race on TV with a horse named Timely Rider who was uh, came from the clouds, 1982-83, and I was immediately hooked. And so, you know, from that point and that point forward, I would watch races when they came on TV. I'd read about it in the newspaper, and uh, and that was kind of it. I was off and running. Best or most memorable horse racing event ever attended, whether it involved a horse of yours or not? Uh, probably uh, the Preakness that Warriors charged, 2019 Preakness where Warriors charged finished fourth. That was the sort of uh, most exciting, most uh, most anticipated um, uh, event I've ever, I've ever attended. You know, I was there when Smarty Jones – um, lost to Birdstone, and when uh, when Funny Side lost to um, Empire Maker, I thought those were again the build up to those were pretty amazing as well. Yeah, I'll be going to my first Triple Crown race uh, at the Belmont this year, so maybe you'll be there. I'm not sure if you're going. I will be there 100. percent I'll be there. Oh well, we'll see you there, and then I'm going to be going with Matt also uh, to Saratoga for my first time to Saratoga in I'll July. So. Awesome. I look look forward to meeting you in person and um, having Matt treat both of us for dinner. Uh, all right, here we go. Bucket list track or race day event you'd like to attend in the world? Um, it, it, I'll start off with the U.S. because I'm going to just answer this both ways. I've not been the I've, ne- I've never been to Del Mar. I'd like to go to Del Mar uh, for one day for their summer meet. Um, as far as uh, bucket list race in the world, I'd like to go to the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, that's supposed to be a lot of fun. And <clears throat> I was at Del Mar with the Breeders' Cup this past year uh, for the first time. Uh, beautiful uh, track. You'll love it. Uh, at which racetrack do you most want to win races? I mean, it's, it's Oakland Park. Not even close. Uh, most, I, I'm assuming a lot of the uh, clientele, a lot of your partners live in the in that area, or are they all over the country? Yeah, and look, Oakland Park to me is a, has, is a perfect racetrack. Uh, it's got the right combination of dirt and turf uh, racing, and, um, you know, it's a track where I want to win races. So, so it's, you know, I'd, I'd love to win the Arkansas Derby. Um, I'd, I'd love to win the Oakland Handicap. Uh, I've already won the Trails End, which is their, their last race. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mile, mile and, was it seven, seven eighths or whatever that is? Yeah, mile and three quarters. So that's my favorite. There we go. That's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite race. That's my favorite race. Um, you know, an off key race I'd like to win is I'd love to win the Delaware Handicap at some point. Oh, wow. Mile, mile and a quarter. I wish okay. they wrote more mile and a quarter races for Philly Mares. Yeah, you're you're actually uh, well. That's all right. Well, you're answering another question, okay. <laughs> but we'll, that's okay. We'll get to it. What advice would you give someone who wants to start a racing partnership or syndicate? Um, uh, I know just, loaded question, but you can give a short, aware, a short answer. Uh, just be aware of um, uh, you know the the, the the struggles, right? How you know how uh, you know how often horses are hurt, how often you know how few horses even make it to the races, and uh, you know patience is key listening to listening to your trainer is key but just always err on the side of being more patient giving more time don't get impatient i want to give kudos to matt Terra, the racing uh, 
a manager of Adelphi Racing. He's already talked to me about that when I uh, when I got into it. That that a lot of people rush into things, and this is a difficult game, and you really gotta you gotta pick your spots and be patient. Biggest financial mistake you you most often see from the ownership side? Yeah, being in a rush uh, to uh, you know to get their horses going, not um, you know not taking their time, not listening to their trainers, placing their horses over their heads. Um, you know we we have a lot of trainers and we do their jobs. There's some trainers that I just, I don't, you know, I talk to once every other week with a text message, right. Or I find out a horse is running through entries. So we let our trainers do their jobs um, and we let them place horses when they're ready. And we err on the side of caution. And uh, you know, I think that the biggest mistake owners make is, is they're too aggressive in their placement and, um, and, and being too aggressive with their horses. Yeah, I mean, they don't want to micromanage. It'd be like the president of a of the NBA team coming down to the locker room at halftime. I mean, let the let the coaches, let the trainers do their job. You guys do your job, and that's probably the you know the best best situation. Yeah. Best and, advice. And, and, and I will add one more thing to that. Is sure. The, the second is the realization that that if your horse is slow, you need to move it on. Right? Is is that people often can fall. Our partners sometimes. Do fall you have slow us. horses? <laughs> do you own any? We, we have a lot of slow horses and, um, and they're races for slow horses. And, you know, look, with there our are. partners, sometimes our partners, they fall in love with horses and it's hard for, for them to say, you know, hard for them to recognize that, that our horse that, that they love and that we've had since, you know, uh, since we bought as a yearling is, uh, you know, really a $20,000 claimer. Yeah. Um, best advice. Now, listen, if you don't know Marshall's background, like I said, He's, it's not just the 2020 BCBC Marshall's an excellent handicapper, contest player. That's a whole other conversation. But again, briefly, best advice in general for people watching that, that are maybe struggling or just starting off that want to be successful at the windows? Uh, bet, bet fewer races. So bet fewer races and bet simpler pools, right? Unless yeah, you yeah. really know what you're doing, stay away from I know we'll talk about the pick five today, but... <laughs> You know, I don't bet the pick five because it's too complicated for me. Yeah. And so unless you have a really unless you really understand it and strategic strategically, um, you know, bet fewer races and bet simpler pools. And um, and, uh, uh, you know, that that would be my best advice. I'd also, you know, figure out how to get re figure out how to get rebates, move to a state that uh, that uh, we can get rebates. Because, again, this is such an uphill battle, this game with 18 to 25 percent takeout that um you know any small rebate that you can get uh you know cuts into the the that extraordinary takeout that we face as horse players absolutely uh three quick uh, three more questions then we'll get into handicapping uh you you were touching on this already other than the derby and the Breeders' Cup Classic, what race would you like to ten strike to win the most? Well, I, I I'd rather win the Arkansas Derby than win the than win either of those races. So Arkansas Derby um, uh, like I already mentioned, I, I, I personally, I want to win the Dell cap, uh, Oaklawn handicap, uh, uh, you know, those are, those are the kind of races, you know, like, like just little things that I would like to win. I, I always, I want to win the trails end again. Um, I want to win the first race at Saratoga, which is always a mile and eighth for a claimer. Yeah. This, this year I, I took a horse from Indiana and shipped it up and was favorite, uh, to win that first race of the horse named wagon boss. So, okay. um, you know, I have those little goals, but uh, nice. you know, it's the Arkansas Derby. I mean, that's, that's the dream. 
Do you have do you have a middle claimer that can go two turns in mind for this year? So it's all I have race? so many middle claimers. <laughs> it's just, uh, we have got to see what the condition book says, and and uh, right. we'll be ready to take that horse uh, right. and, and give it a try. We may they have even an entry in that race. I love this guy. He's already planning for the you know, July whatever the first the first day it's there. There you go. He even knows it. Um, name three keys to winning live money contests. And hold on, let me get my pen because uh, I got to write this down. <laughs> Uh, three keys. Um, uh, you know, make uh, uh, d- d- be willing to lose all your money. Be willing to be wrong, right? Uh, don't uh, you know? Don't churn your money. Meaning, don't bet too many races. Just bet where you have real opinions. The the uh, the more races you bet, the more diluted your opinions get. So that's two. Uh, is that about it? Is that is that's that fine? That that'd yeah. be good enough. That's fine. So, I mean, like like in the live money contests, like I won't. I don't even handicap all the races. So, um, so I just, yeah. you know, find a couple spots where I can make a play and, uh, um, and, and kind of go from there. That's something I've definitely done recently. That's led to some successes. I've been really picking my spots and just going for it. And I've been fortunate enough to be, uh, you know, lucky in, in some of those spots recently. All right. Last question, Marshall, here we go. John Morant will win how many MVPs in his career? Oh, I, I I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, uh, Two. I'm gonna go with two. Two's probably high. I do worry about like that he's he's so small, like he's 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 gonna be injury prone, but um like the Derrick you know, Rose kind of situation. A yeah, lot of comparisons so, to Derrick Rose lately. Um, so uh, he lives uh, in Memphis, by the way. Again, if you guys didn't catch that, that's why I'm asking about uh the Grizzlies, who by the way are look really good. I, I love watching them. Yeah, no, Ja has an incredible first step. He's an, an amazing to see live. He can go by anybody, but he's tiny. And um, he gets he gets knocked all over the place. And I worry that someone plays with his uh, <laughs> a, a plays of his sort of rec- reckless abandon is going to be hurt. But, uh, you know, I, like he probably didn't play enough games this year. And the Grizzlies are 18 and two without him. So I, I don't think an MVP is in the in the cards this year. The league is stacked right now. So, uh, you know, probably the answer is zero. But uh, I'm going to say two. And I want to say we win a title. Hell, the title could be this year. Beautiful. I think that that'd be amazing. I think they have a real shot. The West is, is pretty wide open right now, especially with Golden State with some issues. Um, all right, let's get into the handicapping, uh, Marshall. The pick five on Saturday. We're going to see DRF uh, formulator on the screen. I'll go full screen at times. All you're going to see a banner with our picks on the bottom of the screen. We have some races that we have the same, uh, Marshall, because I've seen your picks. You haven't seen mine yet, but and some races were completely different, which will uh, be great conversation. Let's start off with race nine here as I go full screen. The pick five on Saturday starts at race nine, uh, approximately 540 Eastern Standard Time. Again, the track will be fast. The weather's going to be beautiful, mid-70s and sunny. Uh, we'll start with the grade three Oakland mile. Nice purse, $400,000. Of course, they're going mile, which is two turns on the dirt. And you're going with a horse uh, for Bob Baffert as he gets his, I guess, final runners in under his name for, what, 90 days which is a whole other topic of conversation with a very talented horse, but has been a little bit um, ouchy and sort of sporadic, um, except for lately when he's finally starting to string some race together, Cezanne. Yeah, I mean, I just, I thought that, um, you know, I thought that he was just the fastest horse in the race. I didn't want to overcomplicate things. Um, I think that much of this field are are, are sort of, uh, are horses that that we've seen a number of times at Oaklawn and and or or just you know sort of they don't have a lot of upside. I think Cezanne does, 
Um, I think he could go on to bigger, better things. I think what's important to note is this race is a mile. It's run with a short stretch. Uh, these races often tend to have fast paces, and horses need to make their move um, fairly near the, the turn. So it, it develops quite a bit quicker uh, than the mile 16th races. They have not written a lot of these races this year. I think that's what's mm-hmm. unusual is that uh, they really, over the past couple months, I haven't seen a mile race. Um, the other thing that's important to point out, and I don't know if it will hold, carry over, is the track was pretty speed favoring. It's been pretty speed favoring most of the meet. It's really carried speed more than usual. In the past weekend, it flipped. Um, and uh, and so I, I would really watch that. Uh, it, it's always been a hard track to go wire to wire at, but that was really true over the weekend. There were still some horses that 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 made that won and were slightly off the pace. But uh, uh, you know, I think it was on Sunday that just uh, there were no horses wired the field, and the horses that were on the lead uh, in in half the races, horses that were on the lead finished off the board. So um, I would I would pay attention to that. It's unusual for dirt tracks. Uh, it may flip this week, but I don't think it will. I think I would I would be a little bit leery of horses being nearer to the lead, especially those that had success nearer to the lead earlier in the meet. Now, this is a mile race, and so the mile race, because it has a short stretch, um, it, it still is going to be, you know, still horses are going to have to be fairly close. And and I think Cezanne stretching out should be right off the pace. I do wonder if because of the 10-horse field and because of the blinkers going on, the outside horse from Mike McCarthy – whether they will just send that horse and try to clear the field. And that may really uh, cause things to speed up. But uh, um, I'm going with Cezanne. I'm, I'm singling him in, in any multi-race wagers. To be honest, I probably won't play the pick five because I don't think he'll offer value because I think he'll be, uh, you know, I think he'll be even money. Um, yeah, and, there's no way he's five two. No yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't think he's even money probability. Like, I, I don't think he's, yeah. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be an underlay. But I also think he's the most likely winner. You know, the, the the McCarthy worries me. And then, you know, I just don't – the Brad horse, it's a three-year-old going on four. Folsom, uh, I just think, is an interesting horse that that might move forward um, and uh, and be heard from this year. I think it's – this is an aggressive spot for, um, for Brad, right? First off the layoff, yeah. just jumping right in uh, to, uh, um, you know, to a stakes race like this. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, no, I think Marshall, if I, may inter- if I may interrupt, knowing Brad the way you the way you do, and I'm, you know, I'm not suggesting you have inside information with this source because you don't own him. But um, as a better, would you, as people playing this pick five, would you expect this horse to be cranked up, or perhaps this is a means to an end today with this horse? Would you say? I bet he'd be ready. I mean, Brad is very, you know, in, in general, Brad is very cautious with his placement. I remember after Nick's go when his non his n3x non-winners of three lifetime at keeneland and this is before he went in the breeders cup dirt mile uh I, we were laughing and i was texting with clay like well i wonder where brad's gonna find an N, n4x to run in next <laughs> right so he's you know so this placement um i think is aggressive and i think that's a good sign now there are others on this card where the owners are arkansans and um you know he might be doing them a favor as opposed to uh with judmont I think they give him free reign. So, you know, I I think this is a good sign. Um, You know, look, it's Brad. This horse is going to get bet. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, I'm I'm giving Folsom a a look. Yeah, I've got Folsom. He's either an A or a B. I just have to see how the track's going to play and go with my gut feeling. I am going with Law Professor, but by the way, that eight to one seems very juicy to me. I don't think this horse, I don't think I'm getting eight to one. I think I'm getting more like four to one or seven to two at best. But uh, I'm concerned about the outside post. 
going a mile in that short run to the first turn. But this horse is really classy. He's got blinkers on. If somehow Velasquez can save ground that first turn, or maybe just at least not be four to five wide, Marshall, I think this is the class of the race, to be very honest. I've, I, I've, I liked him all year long. All he does is run. Um, it's a little bit of a quick turnaround. I'm a little concerned about that. But I think it's a very talented horse. I think Cezanne can absolutely win. My only concern with Cezanne, I don't know if you feel this way, and then we'll move on, is number one, first time outside of California. And number two, I think it might be better one turn. I know he ran a 101 buyer's three-year-old year going two, but I've always sort of thought he was better of a sprinter. And there's other speed in this race, and he's going to be taking a lot of money. I don't know. Like you said, uh, he's going to take a lot of money. I'm going to try to beat him. It might be stupid thinking, Marshall. But uh, I don't know. He He's always seemed to be the kind of horse that, Needs his own way a little bit. That's not great, you know, when he gets into trouble. And um, I, I think he's beatable here. But I do think it's a good spot and placing for the Baffert uh, connection. Yeah, I mean, Baffert, Baffert comes to Oakland and, and, do, and does exceptionally well. <laughs> yeah, very so well. So I, I don't worry too much about him coming out of California. I mean, the stretch out is a little bit concerning. I mean, he's certainly bred to do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I actually think he'll really take to this one one turn, uh, this uh, yeah. short stretch mile. But, you know, I'm with you. I don't, I don't love him. Uh, you know, I'm, I would, I'm singling him, I'm singling him in my pick five. Right. Um, but yeah. I don't know that that's, that's not what I'm, that's not, I'm not enthusiastically confident about it. I don't really like any of the horses in this race enough to, uh, to use in the, you know, to use, to use. Okay. I would give personally, we'll move on. I'm going to give Silla Prospector also a look, not because of the 98 buyer. I just think that he could rate if he needed to, and he's in good form and his third start off the layoff. I would give Silver Prospector um, a look as well. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the fantasy, which has some varying storylines. I go ahead. We're on the same horse here that is eight to one morning line, but there's no way that this horse will be eight to one for reasons that I'm sure Marshall is aware of that we'll talk about. Uh, again, let me go full screen. The grade three fantasy. This is going to be points. Uh, for the Kentucky Oaks here. So this is extremely important for the girls. They're going a mile and 16th. $600,000 is the purse. And the big story that we need to talk about, and I'm assuming you're aware of this because you don't have mm. the source anywhere, the number five, Ada or Ida, is going to be scratched. Uh, came down with, I believe, a temperature. So the five, ladies and gentlemen, is not, I repeat, is not going to be running on Saturday, which will change. I don't know if it changes the complexion of the race, but she's probably the most talented horse in this race, um, and it's going to be much more wide open now as well. Although Marshall, I will say, I was couldn't wait to beat this horse on Saturday for uh, reasons we'll talk about because I'm not sure that the five could pass anybody. But we're not going to have to worry about that anymore. We're both going to Dream Lift. Why don't you talk about why you like this uh, Diodoro trained horse? I I don't know. I don't. I, I, this is a tough race. I thought these were all fairly comparable horses. I thought they were all yeah. pretty slow. So, <laughs> so you know, I just thought you know I went with a horse that might have upside. Um, you know that that Rachel Alexander is a pretty goofy race the way it turned out. And um, can we can we we're going to show a little bit right now if you don't mind. The uh, the four is Dreamlift. There's three spots. I thought that the chart doesn't really say much. Uh, I, I'll let you. I don't want to steal your thunder. I'll let you. Talk no, to no, it. no. I mean, you, 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 you probably watch it closer than I am. I just, okay. I well, just, uh, a, go, go ahead. All right. So, so the four, a few, a few spots I want to mention for the viewers at home. Again, this is Dream Lith is the four horse. This is her last year. First of all, Marshall, she doesn't break rates. Let me turn this on. She doesn't break rate. You can see right there and get sort of bumped and 
just not the best to start. It wasn't horrific, but not great. Then there's uh, one other spot I want to mention as I fast forward on the backstretch. You can see right here, uh, I thought she was a very uncomfortable spot right here. She's in between horses, uncomfortable, and she does steady very slightly. I'm going to let this run. If you watch very carefully, right right there, you see that little yes, that yes. little stumble and steady, which I think you know people might say, Howard, you're nitpicking. I don't think so. Not when you're off a layoff that it hurt her momentum. She wasn't comfortable. And then the last thing I want to mention to everyone is she's really in no man's land here. She's four or five wide under the whip here. And then she gets bumped a little bit. Again, a little nudge right there again. There's really not much else to watch. She's sort of flat in the lane. Didn't do much running. My personal opinion is she just needed one, and she's going to be much better here, uh, Marshall. That's my my exact thought, is that she's the one that seemed to me to have some upside, right? And I'm looking for her. I mean, she's already – she ran fast figures last year, and um, you take those and project them forward. Uh, she's making her second start off a layoff. You know, off – off, look, you know – Trouble trip or not, that was a bizarre race, right? Uh, the way it, the way it sort of turned out, and she wasn't, yeah. you know, where she finished, um, you know, where she finished sixth. She was, um, you know, she was only, you know, four lengths behind Hidden Connection, who came back to run big. So I just, I just don't. I, I'm willing to sort of excuse that, and and hopefully there's some upside there. Uh, you know, I'm going to use some of these others. I'm using the two. The six in the eight as well uh, in my picks, um, but uh, you know, kind of looking the spread in this race uh, to try to sort of move along to, to some of the spots that I really like. But I, I think this is a tough race. I think this is uh, it's competitive, but but these are not horses that I, I think will make any sort of noise in the Kentucky Oaks. No, I, you know, I thought there was a lot of early speed in this race, which is why I was completely against Ida if she had ran and rise fortune. Um, could probably stalk, but there's definitely, you know, speed on the inside here from the two. But Begin, uh, Magic Circle only knows one way. Ida, if she was in the race, was going to be up close. She's not. I guess Mariah's Fortune could probably lay off a little bit. I'm sure that's going to be the the plan. I mean, I can't imagine they're just going to crazy send this horse. The seven uh, it has a lot of early speed. That leads to the two outside horses, which, frankly, I really didn't know what to do with Marshall. You have the eight, Hardy Constitution. Uh, who's coming off a main win, but I looked at the breeding is, is, is very sprinty on the dam side. I wasn't sure about the two turns. I don't know if you saw the breeding or not. Yeah, I went, I, you know, I went and trusted the constitution on the other side. And, um, you know, that, that horse won't be 12 to one. It'll be shorter. And, and, you know, that 82 makes it one of the faster horses in the race. And so yeah. if it can stretch out, um, it Half the Chateau is a nice horse. Excuse yeah. Me. So it, it uh, yeah. And Chateau is just pure speed, right? Yeah. So, um, despite being a flat out, uh, so, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I like the, I don't love the eight, but I, you know, I'm more using the eight a little bit, a little bit defensively. I, I, I somewhat am interested, you know, the six, I thought, you know, got rain and, you know, got involved in a speed duel last time, uh, and then got beat late by Berna Breezy, um, who's an okay horse. And, um, and so I thought, you know, that, that uh, you know, it's not like Brad will offer a price, but I thought she could improve. And, you know, I also thought the, the, the two for Danny Pites will get very overlooked, isn't particularly fast, uh, but looks like, you know, again, over the distance, coming off a win, um, under the radar horse, a gun runner, uh, Arietta aboard, he's riding really well, you know, and yeah. I think will be every bit of 12 and 15 to one and a little bit of a separator, right, um, in, uh, in the pick five. So I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm hoping, 
you know, I'm hoping one of these horses gets in at a little bit of a price. Um, you know, I, I don't know quite how to bet how they'll bet this race. I, I couldn't tell you without the Baffert horse. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I, you know, I guess maybe this Asisson will be the favorite. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't love the idea of a Cantheros going long, but he's already won. You know, already won in a mile and eighth. But yeah, I think it would be a little bit different with a lot more pace pressure. I think this is the race of the and there. By the way, there's two other races. There's sprint races that are wide open. I don't know how wide uh, this is wide open. I'm feeling something really weird could happen here. Uh, I'll just really quickly mention the nine. When I saw this morning line, I was shocked because this was sort of my sort of wide guy kind of play, Marshall. But uh, with that morning line, I won't get that. I have no idea if this horse can run on dirt. I mean, she's been on turf and and sin uh, at uh, at Turfway. Uh, but I do like, and I'm assuming this is what gave I'm gonna uh, excuse me that gave. Brad Cox some confidence. You don't see it on the bottom of the screen. I could, I'd take the banner off. Let me do that real quick. Uh, I, I really like these two works here. These last two works on the dirt at Keeneland. I'm guessing, Marshall, that's what gave Brad confidence to, to send her here because she handled the dirt. But I have no idea if she's going to handle the dirt at uh, Oaklawn. I just think she's sort of that fresh face and might be one of the few horses in this race that could pass horses in clothes. So, yeah. yeah we'll, I mean, you may be right. We'll you may be right. I don't want to talk you off her. I do think she'll be quite a bit longer than three to one because I think they'll bet the okay. others on first. Okay. But, you know, to me, it's like I think they think this is a turf or synth horse and they're bringing this horse to Oaklawn because it's John Ed Anthony and Shortly Stables. So, okay. you know, he's a prominent Arkansas owner. I'm sort of surprised they haven't been to Arkansas yet. Right. But I bet they decided. Yeah, I bet he put his foot down and said once they won that stake at Turfway, he's like, I want to run her in the fantasy. So that's my my thinking. Now, look, they thought Turner Loose was a turf horse as well, and that horse, <laughs> won, uh, you know, that horse won the Rachel Alexandra. So yeah. it's not always right, but yeah, more, but more than ready over a Giants Causeway mare. It just looks very turfy to me, and so you know, I'm against. But you know, I'm not going to talk you off. You're going to, I think you'll get six to one. I mean, I'm sort of against, but I sort of want a horse that can at least pass them. But I, I have no. Mm. This is that, this is the kind of horse I think that could finish last. Or win by four if, like, she explodes. Who knows? Uh, Kyle Rosso. Kyle, thanks for joining the show. By the way, Kyle will be uh, with us on Saturday uh, as one of my guests on the show. Uh, he's a young man who lives uh, in the Chicago area, uh, Marshall, who does a, a great job handicapping. Uh, all right, let's go on to the next uh, race here. Uh, let's try to move things along. Race 11. Boy, there are two uh, sprint races that I thought were difficult. This one I didn't think was nearly as difficult as the last race. So I go ahead and, and switch the banners. There is a very talented Arkansas bred in this six furlong allowance optional 50 event for a purse of $106,000. I do want to mention a horse that I have in third, but I will say very grudgingly in third. Storm the court is a strange spot to me coming off a year layoff here. Uh, shipping in for uh, to Oakland for Peter Erden from the rail. I don't love him. I just have him in third based on class. We both have a horse named Garhole who is just on fire right now. A very fast Archie bred. Yeah, he's 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 um, he's my single. Um, uh, I cannot wait to bet this horse. We're not going to get anywhere near seven to two, but if we get if we get two to one, I will bet enthusiastically. So um, he's a talented horse. He's got a big future. I talked to Johnny Ortiz. I actually interviewed him for my uh, my horse racing class, and and he raved about Garhole. He compared Garhole to Mucho, 
wow. um, who they're pointing to the, you know, who they're basically giving time off to point to the Breeders' Cup. Um, okay. You know, he already thinks Garhol is better. You know, he, he talked about Hollis basically being kind of like a, who's also very fast. It's, you know, he was, he downplayed Hollis, but really talked highly of Garhol. And um, uh, I'm very excited about this horse. Uh, he's one of the most talented Archie breads that we've seen in a while. I'm hoping because he's moving in the open company, uh, facing two other than competition, that uh, that he gets a little bit overlooked. You know, I have no illusion that I'll get. See, if I got seven to two, um, I mean, I'm serious. I'll make my biggest bet of the year at seven to two. But, you know, I'll bet him at two to one. I, I can't wait to see him run. Um, uh, he, he's also one of my favorite horses um, uh, as well. Yeah. And by the way, the way he's been winning, I, I people see, you know, state bread, state bread. This horse has been winning like in hand. I mean, it looks like just fantastic. This is a serious horse. You can see my picks at the bottom. Russell, I totally agree with you in this race. I've got five, eight also. We don't have to talk too much longer. I will say the eight's been a real money burner, but the eight's got figs that fit. And if something happens to Garho, we both think this is the most likely other horse, correct? Marcus, yeah, sorry. Gar- yeah, but Garho's going to win, so I'm not... Okay, well, let's just move on. Just, yeah. everyone, I, had to, I, say, I just, had to give you two other numbers. Have your mortgage on Garhol. If he loses, send, yeah, send, blame send, me. send the money. Send the send your frustration to uh, Marshall Graham. No, I, it's five eight. The five's been real tough. I don't want. We can let's move on to some other more exciting races here. But it's uh, it is a big field, and there's others you might want to uh, take a look at. All right, here's the big one: the Arkansas Derby. Let's go to our picks. Who is Marshall picking? Who is Howard picking? There it is at the bottom of the screen. Uh, I got to say, Marshall, I was a bit surprised with your pick, so I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, the only reason, one of the reasons I didn't take your horse is I'm still too pissed off about the last race when I needed him to win. But anyway, that's a whole, well, actually, it's not a whole other conversation. We're going to talk about it right now. This is the grade one Arkansas Derby. It's the feature race of the year. Uh, at Oakland Park. It's a mile and eighth, of course, restricted for three-year-olds. It's a 100-point prep for the Derby. I think it's 140-20, I believe, are the point totals for the top three. $1.3 million. My goodness. Unbelievable. It's going to start at approximately 7.35 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, It is a field, by the way, of uh, nine. Yes, of nine. You are going with a horse that I needed. I know a lot of other people needed that, boy, I don't know if you could say hung, or I don't know, you could say whatever. Um, but he's a very interesting horse for the aforementioned John Ortiz. You like Barber Road. Yeah, and look, I, I don't – this is a tough race. So this is not a very good rendition of the Arkansas Derby. But it is a very competitive one, and it offers some great betting opportunities depending on who you like. Um, I came out of the Rebel Stakes convinced that it, the race is a complete toss – that um that you know that you wouldn't want to use any horse out of that race and now i find myself leaning on those horses in part because i think all of those horses are going to offer a good price i really do think you're going to get 12 to 1 in barber road if you like unoho i think you're also going to get 12 to 1. i think the way they're going to bet this race is they're going to bet it through the philly secret oath and if secret oath is on her game she will dominate this race and so, um, you know, I'm going to bet against her. So my play is against her. I'm going to want to beat her. So, again, looking at this at the race last time. Uh, uh, Here's Barbara Road right here. Yeah, Barbara Road ran a very strange race. He made a big middle move down yeah. the backside into the slow pace. 
and then turning for home, he looked like he was in a great spot, but he did his running in spots, right? He didn't start accelerating until right at the end. And what's strange about the race is Unoho looked beaten as well and then re-rallied on the rail. So it, it, the race had a very odd configuration, right? I had the but, wrong horse. I'm sorry. that uh, the uh, Barber Road is coming up right here. I apologize. Go ahead. Yeah, you, I mean, you had it right. So Bar- but Barber Road did a lot. It did came running down the backside and then came running late, really almost when the race is over, right? So it just accelerated at, at, at strange times. Got a little bit of an odd trip, I think. Um, you know, I think that that the hole didn't open up to him till it was too late. Um, it was an unconventional trip in a very oddly run race, right? The races run kind of in different spots. And, and again, he made yeah. a big middle move down the backside to basically move from the back of the pack to the front of the pack. Uh, it was a race with, um, sorry, that's, uh, it, was, no it, was, it was a race that was somewhat dominated up front on a card that I thought it was beneficial to be up front. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think that he's going to offer value against this group. Uh, I think he's going to be able to sit a trip uh, with some pace in front of him. I know that they're taking the blinkers off Kavad, but I, I, uh, but I do think he will still go. And I think with this bigger field, um, I think there will, I think there will still be some pace on. Uh, and so I'm going to uh, go with Barber Road, looking for a price, um, looking for a price. But mainly, I'm against the Philly. And, and while I while I think while I have we the people third uh, and I'm interested to hear your take on him I just don't see he's all that much faster and he's going to be you know he's going to be a short price not fair enough I, I before I talk about we the people I'd uh, I'll tell you what I went back and forth on secret oath a few times but tell me why you don't like her at all um I just don't trust Lucas and I always read Lucas wrong like I'm afraid, you know, I think this is an aggressive placement. I know she's been training hard. I know she's run big numbers. And so she's, she's not going to be five to two. She's going to be six or seven to five. Wow. You think she'll be that low? I'm hoping to play again. Well, I mean, she's the fastest horse in the race. She's, she's the big story of the race. Um, And so, you know, I'm hoping that this is the spot where she blows up. Right. And I know that, uh, you know, I've heard conflicting reports. I've heard she's training like a superstar. I've heard others say say that she doesn't look great. Um, Lucas is 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 one to go to the well too many one too many times. I don't yeah. I don't have a good read on him overall. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play against him. Okay. So, so I'm against the Lucas, and you know it's actually sort of by process of elimination. Elimination. I'm against a lot of these horses, and so um, but I'm starting off by saying that she can beat me. She might be the superstar um, that they say she is, but uh, I'm gonna let her beat me at a short price. Here's my opinion on Secret Oath. First of all, I think it's a great story that the coach is back with the Philly and all, blah, blah, blah. I think that's wonderful. Um, if I think she can win, in, in my opinion, because it's not the strongest you know, bunch of three-year-olds, as you've already mentioned, and I have nothing against Contreras or the connection or doing anything. She's beaten nobody. I mean, nobody. I don't want to be disrespectful, but, I mean, the horses that she's faced, are, are and these aren't even the best male three-year-olds, uh, the Phillies that she has faced are just not that good. So, um, you know, we can talk numbers. The number is the number. I've had this conversation with Matt Bernier, with a lot of people. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter who they're facing. And she, this is going to be by far her toughest test, which is why I have her second. That being said, she might get the setup. She might be the real deal. And sort of to your point, I'm not sure I love a lot of these others. Uh, my opinion on We the People, uh, since you asked, I think he's very talented. 
I love the outside post, by the way, also, because I don't think he's really taken a lot of, uh, of dirt yet in his uh, in his career. And uh, this Brissett trained horse, you know, who's got Flavian, he can just keep him to the outside. I don't, I don't mind this horse if he's two or three or even four wide. I'm okay with that. He's got a big stride. He's going to be clean. Um, Pratt's just going to read the break and see how it goes. I thought last time he was really professional. He's a bit headstrong. As you know, the tappets can be that way a little bit. But I think this horse is very talented and in a great spot. I just don't like the potential price he's going to be marshaled, which I would say second choice, you know, probably three to one-ish. But I think he's – I like him a lot. Um, very quickly on Doppelganger, I have him third. You have him second. General thoughts on this um, now Tim Yachtin trained horse. Yeah, I mean, I just – I think uh, he could keep improving – um, you know, I, I think, I think he'll also sit a trip if, if the pace develops and be able to close into it. So, uh, you know, I was just looking for another horse that, that might sit the right trip, um, yeah. as well. So, um, so, you know, that's in part why I have him second. All right, let's go oh, ahead. And, yeah. and, and is there anything else about this? I just want to real quick, the rebel, it's just a slow race. I, I have no problem yeah. Barber road. I mean, I totally understand what you're saying. The others aren't anything special. The new shooters aren't like spectacular. It just, they just seem slow. It, the Rebels yeah, seem like no, a, slow, it's a race. slow race. I'm just but, not convinced of any of them. But, like, you know, Doppelganger and We the People are, are a length or two faster in their last spot. I mean, it's not like it's significant. You know, if you go with the speed figures, five points is a couple lengths. So I'm not, I'm not, yeah. you know, I, I don't I don't think it's not like they're coming in or 10 points faster. But so. maybe with more upside, though. You got Blinkers off, Doppelganger face for Vin Kingdom. We the People's only had two lifetime no, that, starts. Yeah, exactly. So, blah, no, blah, blah. That, I don't know. That, that may be the case. Look, there a, a lot of these are lightly raced and can move forward. Sure. But um it's gonna be a fun race. The the good every rebel horse is gonna be double digits. And so, you know, look, I even give Unoho a Unoho chance. will not be double digits. That's the same kind of story. There's no way Unoho no, is be double Unoho digits. Unoho will be uh, Unoho uh, it, there's no way to do the math on it where he's not double digits, right? He's patch two point They all <laughs> this is uh, no, but they, you know, like, I'll give you a side for dessert because I don't have the money you have. I'll give you dessert at Saratoga if Unoho is in uh, is in double digits. He was seventy five the one last time, and look, he's going to be the he's going to be the fifth choice, right? Because because he's going to he's got you've got the Philly, you've got the Baffert, you've got We the People, and you've got Brad, right? So at some point, you know, you start and with the Philly being seven to five, you start running out of out of uh, out of yeah, uh, odds to work with. So you know, it's gonna be yeah. fun. Well, it'll be fun. It'll be we'll interesting. I, I feel very good that you're gonna get ten to one if you like Unoho. And look, I don't think Unoho is without a chance. Okay, all right. I, I this is the great thing about the show. We'll agree to disagree. Uh, who knows? Uh, good luck with Barbara Road Unoho. It's there, there's no there's no superstars in, the, in that race, so it's gonna be interesting. Uh, let's see one quick comment. Uh, uh, just high risk, high risk. Thanks for joining the show. Just mentioned that Secret Oath is running without Lasix. I don't know what to think of the Lasix situation. I mean, I, I, it, it's hard enough to pick winners in this game to worry about who wants the Lasix and who doesn't. Uh, let's go to the last race. And Marshall, I really appreciate your your time tonight. We, it's been a pleasure having you uh, on the show. We'll we'll show your pick five also. If you need to leave right after this, that's fine. No, or you I'm can good. Talk about I'm good. You're good. All right. Let, the last race. Uh, I don't know about you, Marshall. I think this is the toughest race in the sequence. I mean, this is a complete cluster. It's a 12-horse field. It's six furlongs for state-bred, four-year-olds and up, optional 20,000. And it's so difficult 
that when you see the, <laughs> you see our picks, of course we got the same horse on top here. We're both going with the four. And by the way, Marshall and I did not talk for the show. So either we're both going to be wrong or we're both going to be right. I'm a blink cat for Carl, a recent claim for Carl Broberg and Enzo in athletics with Ray Lou, uh, six to one morning line coming off a win. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, this, this race is impossible. I mean, I yeah. I spread pretty pretty deeply in my pick pick uh, in my pick five. I didn't quite know who to put on top. I just thought this horse has been running, you know, that open tw- open twenty into this optional twenty two. Other than probably an easier race, but uh, you know, I thought that uh, uh, Broberg's been running hot. I thought this horse is fast. This horse should set a good trip. Um, uh, you know, I. I don't have I don't have a great reason to favor it over over some of the others I like. I was looking for a horse that would come um, looking for a horse that would come off the pace. A lot of these Arkansas bred races can really melt down, especially yeah. with fields. And so um, so you know I, I think that's where that's why you the, like Navy Seal a little bit also as do I for the same reasons, right? Yeah, and and even Twisted Dixie as well. Um, you know, getting a chance to settle and and, and make one run. Um, I do think it'll be interesting if the 14 gets in, because I think the 14 is the most talented horse, uh, Mrs. Yep. Beans. So I wouldn't leave her out should she get in. I do. Um, uh, top Road Rules is entered for um, is entered for Sunday. So I don't know if that's an automatic scratch. I don't know what the rules are in Arkansas. So um, so if that horse is out, there's just it's one more spot. But uh, this is a very tough race, and I, I don't have a strong opinion. And um, And I went with the the hot trainer first off the claim. Yeah. I've, I like the five I got. Is it Mahomey? Or is it, I'm assuming for Randy Morse, another horse. It's just, I just, he's lightly raced. Um, he's only had three lifetime starts. He's been a bit out. Yeah. Obviously with some layoffs, but this is a, uh, a horse that lost to Mrs. Beans last time, you know, ran respectively gets a nice cozy outside post. Looks like can close. Uh, Johnny V in the last race of the day decide that gave me that that caught my attention Marshall I mean he's hanging around for this race so that that tells me that he you know that his agent or whatever uh, tells him this horse is live so I like the nine a little bit also very tough race to the, I would definitely save your money folks as much as possible and, and, and for the pick five or pick four or pick three if you're playing it because the last race is difficult uh very quickly marshals i take this off my screen and i you we already said you're not really a pick five player there it is though for marshall he underestimates himself will probably crush this for five thousand dollars or something uh he's got Cezanne single you got garhol single then you're basically trying to find some prices elsewhere yeah I, probably i'm too spready in this to to feel too good about it but yeah that's that's what it is. The, the last leg to me makes it a very a big challenge to play because I don't have any real opinion and I wouldn't quite know how to pare that down. Um, I wouldn't quite know how to pare that down. So that, okay. that's uh, that's what I'm going with. And I asked him for a sub 100. Here's my sub 100 play. I'm signaling Dreamlith, and I'll tell you why, uh, Marshall. And I know a lot of people agree or disagree with this. I try to find a single that a lot of people wouldn't single. That race. I, you know, I could see hitting the all button too. I just don't think a lot of people are leaning on Dreamlift. If Dreamlift can get back to the races of last year, I think she's the most talented. She's going to save ground. I think that replay was sneaky bad in terms of her trip. Um, I'm just going to, you know, take a shot and single Dreamlift. This is not the ticket I'm playing on Saturday, but I'll throw it out there. I'm going to try to beat Cezanne for better or for worse. And I've got too deep there with the Garhole. 
race and then I'm going very deep in the last race and using what I think are the three main players in the Arkansas Derby, but completely understand Marshall's thought of trying to beat those those three. You're probably going to be the lowest three uh, in, in the wagering along with Cyberknife. Uh, Marshall, before I let you go here tonight, again, <clears throat> excuse me, greatly appreciate you having on for your uh, maiden voyage into the HHH Racing Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Any final thoughts for Saturday at Arkansas? Anything come with 10 Strike or anything else you'd like to uh, mention to the viewers? No, look, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Uh, again, I'm, I'm excited about the big day in Arkansas. I hope everyone, uh, uh, again, uh, takes a good look at the card and, and play, you know, don't forget about the Arkansas Derby. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd like to see a, a big day. Uh, the weather's going to be great. There'll be a lot of people there. Um, I was at, uh, I was in Hot Springs over the weekend. There are 40,000 people uh, on, a, on a Saturday. And so that there'll be a huge crowd. And it's, uh, um, again, uh, exciting race, not the best rendition, but it'd be exciting race. I know Big Stick sixty nine there asked my best bet of the day. It's Garhol. There you go. Go to the window with Garhol. Real, real easy for everyone. Uh, Marshall, thanks again. Really appreciate you coming on and spending time with us. We we enjoy. I really look forward to meeting you. I guess we'll be at the Belmont. We'll be we'll have to connect there, and then we will definitely be connecting. Uh, with Matt Miller and some other people as well for dinner and some fun at Saratoga this summer. Thanks for coming on the show. Good luck with your betting and good luck with 10 Strike as well going forward. Thanks. I look forward to my dessert in Saratoga. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Marshall. Take care. Yeah, All right. That was Marshall Graham, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what a great guy. Really a pleasure to have on the show. Uh, fantastic. Uh, just want to remind everyone again, we're going to be live tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Eastern with Justin Christine from TripNote Pros to talk about the Gulfstream uh, card on Saturday in the Florida Derby. And then again, this Saturday, and I've got a banner for that. I'm really excited. This will be the second time we're doing it. It was very popular uh, this past uh, Saturday morning. We were live for Dubai. Go on to the HHH Racing Podcast YouTube channel. Check out myself and a few other uh, guests as we live coverage of the Florida Derby and the Arkansas Derby will be from 6 o'clock to 7.45 Eastern Standard Time. Not only are we going to be handicapping going through the races, we'll show the replays, and we're going to be watching it live along with you. So you'll see our live reactions as the races go on. I'm really excited. Again, set your uh, set your watches and your alarms there on your phones, whatever, to uh, 6 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday for our live coverage of the Florida Derby and the Arkansas Derby. Ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap it up. Really appreciate it. Again, make sure you subscribe there on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's been episode 123 of the HHH Racing Podcast. We hope to see you tomorrow, Thursday night, with Justin Christine talking Florida Derby and Gulfstream Park this Saturday. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. We'll